The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. There is a lot to talk about when it comes to travel uh, right now on, on the very serious front, the coronavirus and what that means for travelers now in the coming months. You just heard the newscast uh, letting you know that that charter plane carrying the Canadian citizens home from the center of the outbreak has, has begun its journey. It's going to stop in Vancouver first before it touches down at CFB Trenton, where those on board will be quarantined for 14 days. Um, as well, I wanted to touch on the business side of travel as well and how some airlines are, are trying to get your attention. And my question is, is, you know, are we going to see more of this? Is this the, the wave of the future? Joining us uh, this afternoon is travel expert and president of Travel Best Bets, Claire Newell. Hi, Claire. Hi, Jaylin. Thanks so much for having me well, today. Thanks for coming on back. So let's start with what you're seeing around the world and how travel is being impacted. Or or is it, what are you seeing right now when it comes to people booking, booking and, and wanting to get away or... Mm, maybe not. Yeah, well, there's a, a couple of things. Um, January is always a really, really busy month, and so we always start to slow in the travel industry through, you know, the the tail end of January and into February. It's slowed, but it's certainly not stopped people from booking trips to the hot spots, you know, Mexico, mm. Hawaii, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some, you know, there is some questions for sure. And I think people are, are taking precautions. I just personally was in several airports in Canada and the U.S. And I did notice um, people certainly were washing their hands more. They were traveling with um, antibacterial wipes and sanitizer and wiping down their plane, yep. um, all the hard surfaces, which is a really good sign. I think um, we're really lucky that everyone is taking this so seriously. The airlines and the countries are making sure that they're, they're trying to limit the spread of this. But it's um, definitely a situation that is, is concerning. From a travel perspective, you know, owning a business like in travel, we, we are seeing, you know, some changes to itineraries. Mm. Um, worldwide, a lot of airlines are stopping going in and out of China. That's right. Um, there is some confusion, though. Some people, you know, think that Hong Kong is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadian government has that at the third level, not the highest level, where they have in China. They've got Hong Kong exercise a high degree of caution. The reason that's important is only once it's avoid all travel, um, avoid non-essential travel, is when insurance kicks in. Okay, I wanted to talk to you about insurance yeah. in, in, in cases like this. Um, Re- because I don't think a lot of people actually, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, nothing's going to happen to me, I'll be fine, and, and don't get travel insurance. Oh, I heard a study today by Allianz. It was so disheartening. 27% of Canadians are still taking unnecessary risks by traveling without proper insurance. Mm. Biggest risk takers, 18 to 34-year-olds. But that's a huge chunk. And, you know, you live and breathe media. You've probably reported on many cases in you know in recently probably about the GoFundMe pages that are put up for people who don't have insurance mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating being in media for myself and in travel for the past 27 years and and seeing this because i feel like it should almost be mandatory because mm-hmm. it can bankrupt people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i i read a story of someone $43,000 because they tripped in Florida, broke their ankle, needed surgery, 
And forty-three thousand U.S. dollars is wow. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. And and I'm looking at you know things. Clear. I, I look at that cruise ship that is uh, you know anchored off the side of uh, near Yokohama or Yokohama near Tokyo, um, and these people are now quarantined to their rooms for fourteen days. Yeah, and you know it's the, the countries are doing the same when they're taking um, flights out with their their citizens and keeping them in quarantine for 14 days. People boarded that ship before there were uh, systems in place. So now CLIA, which is the Cruise Line International Association, across the board, all of their members, which are majority of the, you know, the large cruise lines that you and I would know, they are not taking people on board if they've been to China no, no. or Hong Kong in the past 14 days. So you can't even board. So there's all sorts of screening. They're taking your fever. If you're sick, they won't let you on board. That wasn't the case. So that's why we're seeing the situation we're seeing. But at the end of the day, I know that all of the companies in travel are are doing this for our protection. It sounds harsh, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, uh, this is going to contain this a lot faster than what we saw Back in 2002 and 2003 when SARS was hitting. Obviously, SARS was a bit more, more deadly. Yeah. Um, but when I lived through that, it was really difficult. That SARS epidemic was, uh, was rough. So, Claire, going back to the insurance thing, though. So, if you're on for something like, uh, like a cruise ship, for example, and there's a norovirus, not even a coronavirus. I mean, that's a different story. There's a norovirus outbreak and everyone gets confined to the room or, or whatever it is. Does insurance cover anything like that? Well, there is some insurance these days that will have, um, obviously, the medical side of it would be if you've got medical. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be cancellation and interruption. Most cruise lines will come to the table with some sort of compensation you know, there's, um, there are some ways. But if you don't have insurance, and insurance, I mean over and above just travel medical, which is what a credit card likely yeah. has. They don't usually have any more than that. Or your work policy, again, just medical, not um, everything else. I'm talking about cancellation and interruption, baggage, mm-hmm. personal effects, travel accident. Like there's a whole host of other things that are covered. And these days, just last year, they started to put something in place um, that there are many insurance policies out there now that have something. It's a clause, actually, that cancel for any reason. Hmm. That comes huge into play for situations like this. You know, but you just all of a sudden don't want to go somewhere. But, but here's the thing, Claire. I think a lot of people, you know, if, if they've had travel insurance and they've had to deal with travel insurance in the past, it's not necessarily been a good experience. You say you can cancel for anything, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a pain in the butt to do it, or you're stuck in a hospital in Jamaica with a broken toe, and the, and the, the doctors and the insurance people are, are arguing back and forth before you get any treatment. So I think, there, you know, some people are just like, I'm willing to take my chance. I know. I Please don't take your chance. Read your policies over really carefully. Carefully, um, you're talking about some situations where, you know, companies will fight over who pays for it first. Um, But at the end of the day, they might fight over it, but with your protection, um, even if you have to pay up front, you'll get compensated. Mm -hmm. It just might take a little while behind the scenes, but I can tell you it's better than paying 100 grand because you've had a heart attack overseas. Yeah, but that that paying up front thing can be pretty tough for people as well. Yeah, and most don't. Most good coverages will have a worldwide number. That's what you should look for. It's um, a global assistance number where you actually 
um, call it, and then they take care of it. They, you know, they've got a list of hotels and doctors and things that they put you in touch with rather than doing it yourself. And I think mm. that's important. Now, when you talk, and my final question on the insurance side of this, so, so how much coverage should you get? Well, I always say um, err on the side of caution. So what many policies have is 100000 maximum lifetime. And people don't realize that. They think any time they go away, if something happens, they have up to $100,000. Oh. That's not the case. If you have a lifetime of it and you've bitten into 20000 of it, you've got 80000 left. Oof. Okay. Some policies will protect you and your spouse, but maybe not your kids. Some will cover you for things like skydiving, um, <laughs> and some will cover you for scuba diving or racing anything or biking and things. So every policy is so different. So enough to one person may not be enough to another, um, but I do have it through credit card, through my work policy, my husband's work policy, and I still top up. Wow. And, and here's the thing. You brought up a really great point there is that some, some, uh, some insurance might not cover, hey, I'm going to go scuba diving. I'm going to learn how to scuba dive down in Puerto Vallarta for the first time and something happens. It may not cover that. Or if you want to go skydiving or parasailing, whatever it is, it might not be there. You need You're to right. do your research. Oh, you sure do. And I think one other thing that um, was tough for some Canadians, a woman went over to Maui and she was covered, but she was pregnant and went into early labor. You're allowed to travel with up to 35 weeks mm-hmm. when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, she went into labor. Her babies aren't covered. When you're pregnant, your baby's not covered. Mm. You are. So the birth is covered. It's, um, it's, it's, insurance is a really tough thing. I wrote a book back in 2008, and one whole chapter was on, on insurance. It's a difficult thing to navigate, even being in the business for 27 wow. years. Um, I know you wanted to touch on something else. I don't know what you ha- what your I time did. is like. I do. No, we've got we've got some time here, and you know, this was the business side of it all. And this was, you know, we know that airlines and cruise lines, whatever, they're always trying to attract uh, business. Flair Airlines announcing yesterday that it was offering passengers an unlimited travel pass for three months, and I'm guessing this is just all to do with increased competition. It is. So Flair and Swoop are kind of the low-cost carriers here in Canada. You know, the rest of the world's had them for a long time. If you've ever flown in Europe, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You will, um, you've probably seen Ryanair yeah. or EasyJet, and they just have so many choices. So Canada was quite late to the game, um, but a couple of months ago, Swoop came out with a, a buck a flight. Yeah. And, then, right, like, and this one um, is new. I've actually never seen an all-you-can-fly pass. So um, this was an interesting thing. I think you need to really look at it. So the unlimited flight pass, 700 bucks, uh, three months, Feb 13th to May 13th. You can get it on their website. What's interesting here is if you look at the individual prices of one-way flights, they're very, very low. Okay. So you really need to look at how many times you think you're going to fly during that time. And you also need to remember the, uh, and take a close look at their routes. So this is domestic travel. Majority of the seven cities they fly to are in western Canada, mm. except for Toronto. Um, and they don't fly even into uh, Vancouver. So I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. They fly into Abbotsford. Okay. Okay, so again, do your research, people, do your research. But I wonder, Sorry, though, you know what they do? Sorry, they do fly into Vancouver. Okay. You just have to remember where, you know, the, the city pairs. Um, do you think this is going to be the way of the future? We're going to see more of this? No. no? <laughs> I think we might see um, some interesting marketing promotions. Um, but these, this, I think, will be quite rare. I mean, the dollar flights are quite rare. They, they usually come in and out for maybe a 
tiny little window of time and maybe for a certain number mm. of seats. Um, but they're just all about the marketing. Like, look at us. You and I are talking about yeah. it. Um, but we are seeing, like right now, it's what we call wave months in the cruise industry. Yes. So January and February. The promotions are unbelievable. Like, if you take a look, um, if, you know, if you're interested in cruising, they're throwing in, you know, normally it's air cruise and um, transfers. Yeah. Now they might throw in a $300 onboard credit, yeah. beverage packages, Wi-Fi, prepaid gratuities, all things that would cost you like thousands of dollars if you had to buy them individually. And before I let you go, I'm just wondering, you know, with the, the still the grounding of uh, of the uh, the Boeing jets there, um, and that's going to go into the summertime. How is that impacting um, travel and and where people are being able to go? How things are changing, seats, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So this is tough, and it's been tough for a long time for for Air Canada, especially because they had so many. Uh, 737 MAX jets. So for customers who are impacted, it's frustrating because often they've pre-assigned seats and they may not get those. Um, It is definitely affecting the lines. So if you're trying to get through to Air Canada, it can be really tough and add uh, the coronavirus to the mix. It's really, really tough for, for the airlines that are dealing with this. You may find yourself on an aircraft that it actually doesn't even have the Air Canada colors on it. It may be, like, I just flew um, Phoenix, Arizona, back to Vancouver, and I was on an Omni Air mm. International, which I'd never been on before, and it was a, not a 737, it was a 767 yeah, 200 yeah. series. So um, I think we're going to have to endure this for a while, and then we're going to have to deal with the fact that people... Are going to be nervous going on board a seven three seven max unless Absolutely. they're with a trained pilot. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's it. Well, you know, they're all going to get retrained, but it's uh, it's uh, it, yeah, it's just who's going to want to get back on there. I had a an aviation expert on not too long ago, and I said, you know, uh, how how do they do that? How do they get that trust back? So that's going to be fascinating to to watch over the coming days. And I, I got to tell you, you brought it up just quickly the the Air Canada changes and the, and the the I have heard so many people just complaining about trying to get through uh, to get things changed or not changed, and it's been really, really incredibly difficult. It is. Um, they changed their reservation system at yeah. the tail end of November. Combined with the MAC situation yeah. and the coronavirus, uh, I've, in 27 years, I've never seen it this bad. I feel sorry for them. You know, obviously, you hire a team of staff and you get them all trained. Imagine having this and having to add more to the mix. Yeah. It, it is certainly frustrating as a consumer and someone in the industry because we are trying to get through as well. Um, but it is, um, I, I do feel feel for them. They've got a big undertaking ahead of them. And Claire, always great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Jaylin.